So hello to everyone who is tuning in here to our Pastor's Bible Study. I'm Pastor Smith. Uh, we have Pastor Josh also. And, well, we're still calling it a Bible study, but today we don't have our Bibles with us. Per se. Well, I guess we do on our phones. Um, but we have our catechisms with us. And I think a lot of you are probably thinking, ah, yes, Luther's small catechism. Uh, I remember that well. And others of you are probably thinking, what in the world is a catechism? Are they saying the wrong word on accident? <laughs> um, so this is a... I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you for your thoughts on this too in a minute, Pastor. But uh, Luther's Small Catechism is, is a wonderful book uh, written by Martin Luther about 500 years ago. And it goes through just kind of the, the basics, I would say, of the Christian faith. Um, and in question and answer form. So there's all these, uh, all these questions that are posed, and then uh, they're answered as well. Uh, but the beautiful thing is, and this, I, this is why I think we both, maybe you said we don't have a Bible per se, but there is a lot of Bible mm-hmm. contained in the Catechism as well, uh, because whenever, if you're going to be talking about uh, teachings, beliefs of the Christian faith, where are you going to find those? We're going to find them from the Bible. Mm-hmm. So there are all types of... Um, citations, I guess you would say, of scripture passages. You know, well, where do we get this this belief from? Uh, but the, but the small catechism. You know, if if you um, if you are a Lutheran, at some point you've probably been used this book to instruct you in the faith. Whether it was you know in your middle school, you know, junior high years, growing up, where you had to memorize a lot of it and maybe you know write a statement of faith or take like like a answer questions in a public setting uh, in order to you know be confirmed uh, or maybe you were an adult and you were joining a Lutheran church and you went through part of this um, in your instruction as a new member or something uh, it, it's a great book but yeah but pastor Josh what, what else what else is is good about this book or just what what, what else can we say about it here uh, yeah it's really meant to be a guide used in the home um, by the head of the household. Luther talks about that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that it should be something that is, you know, used regularly to, to teach. And so um, it's not, this is, this is not exclusive to pastors or trained uh, mm. church workers. Uh, there is a large catechism, which is for uh, pastors. And, you know, this is a, a fairly sizable book. And mm-hmm. so this is the small one. I actually don't know how big the large one is in comparison, but yeah. um, <laughs> maybe like double, triple, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, this is something that really uh, should be used in the home. And so, uh, you know, maybe as, you know, we're done with our Read Scripture Challenge, you know, finish that at the end of last calendar year, maybe you've started the Bible over. I know you and Melissa have... Anna and I have as well, mm-hmm. Just, you know, take from the top, starting mm-hmm. it up again. Um, but if you're looking for something to uh, to be going through, this this right here um, yeah. is, is great material. And, uh, you know, I think the deeper you go in this, the, the more you're going to see that in, uh, the more you're going to see, be enriched in Bible readings, in uh, songs or hymns in our sermons uh really like 
as you said, this is kind of the, the basics of uh, the most important parts of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is, is going to be, you know, a lot of what we believe as Christians is found in here. And, and mm. so, yeah, it's, it's just going to be overall good, good for you uh, and your family to, to go through it. So, yeah, a little plug there. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm glad you pointed out the the household use because that is such an important thing. Um, yeah, and even you know, yeah, don't be intimidated by by a name like catechism. That that's an unfamiliar word. It's not a scary doctrinal book that you know academics are only allowed to use. But um, it, it's you know, I, I've heard also. Maybe you've heard this too, Pastor. Um, talking about like the role, or I guess the relationship between the Bible and the Catechism, it's not like, um, well, I mean, the Bible is better than the Catechism. We'll say that. I think sometimes people are like, people get confused. Well, why do you why do you talk about the Catechism so much when we have the Bible? Uh, I heard that the Catechism, in some respects, could be defined as like a map or a compass or something, something that kind of gives direction to your Bible reading or helps you kind of figure out what's going on, you know, um, because the catechism kind of takes the entire Bible and maybe they've, you know, for instance, the teaching on baptism. The catechism will take basically everything the Bible has said about baptism all throughout the whole thing. Uh, so instead of you having to sit down and be like, well, I'm going to read the Bible this year and hi- you know, highlight every verse that talks about baptism and then at the end... <coughs> I'm going to kind of figure out, well, what is baptism based on what the entirety of the Bible says? The catechism has done that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of helps you get your bearings sometimes in the more maybe difficult sections of Scripture or just helps you see connections throughout the entire biblical narrative. Um, and, and it's good for us. I think you know God provides us with resources like that uh, through our good buddy Martin Luther <laughs> to help us. But yeah, but it definitely is... Um, a helpful thing and, and yeah I mean we usually I mean we start very young teaching kids like in our Lutheran schools mm-hmm. uh, you know in confirmation you know sometimes you, sometimes maybe you're like 11 or 12 before you start really deep, diving deeply in this but I, we've got you know like first graders mm-hmm. doing stuff out of here so uh, it is it is a there's a wealth of information in here uh, it tackles the Ten Commandments, so there's like six major parts that it talks about, uh, the Ten Commandments being one, and then uh, I'll, I'll save the one that we're going to talk about today for last, but then it goes to the Lord's Prayer, it kind of teaches, you know, what is prayer for the, for the Christian, uh, and then it talks about the sacraments, baptism, the Lord's Supper, it talks about uh, confession and absolution, and then the last one is the Creed, and it specifically goes through the Apostles' Creed, and... Um, you know, it, through the teaching on the creed, we learn more about the the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and their roles. And um, so, there's a lot of you know vital Christian teaching that is found in here. And, and we're we're going to you know today, and then for uh, the next couple of sessions of this, talk about the creed. And uh, we're doing some other things with the catechism too. If you you know if you see our devotional videos on Facebook, we're going through the Ten Commandments right now. Uh, but we thought eh, we'll we'll go through the creed here today, um, and I guess we'll start with the first article, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. Maybe it's worth for as a side note, real quick. Uh, 
we're, we're saying the creed right now. You may be thinking, I think there's more than one creed, pastors, you know, newsflash. Uh, the Apostles' Creed is the shorter one. That's how I, I always think about it at least. Uh, the Nicene Creed is the longer one. Um, it, goes, it goes through just a little bit more. The Apostles' Creed is, uh, is the older one, though. It's probably, um, I mean, you, you can fact check me if you want. I, I've heard it, it maybe even um, was, was written as early as the first century, possibly the second century. Uh, but it was used for, uh, for new Christians who were being baptized. They would, like part of their confession of faith uh, prior to being baptized would be to affirm the teachings of the Apostles' Creed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nicene Creed was put together in the 4th century. Uh, and then we have, what's that, what's that third creed? What, what's, that, what's that other one, Pastor? Athanasian Creed. The Athanasian Creed. Um, some of you are probably thinking, I've never even heard of that. And, and others are like, oh, oh yes, uh, I remember when my church used to recite that creed one day a year um, on a Sunday that we call Trinity Sunday. <clears throat> and the creed just goes, it'll make your head spin. It's, it's quite long. You know, if, if you call the Nicene Creed the long creed, the Athanasian like, blows it out of the water. Um, I mean, it probably, it's not, like super, it's not like as long as a sermon or something, but... Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe a short sermon. I mean, let's, it probably takes, what, two minutes to, as a congregation, speak the Nicene Creed? Yeah, that's probably right. I mean, it's probably four to five minutes. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say five, yeah. 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 Um, I remember my... You, you can, you know, Google it. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it, it's in here, <coughs> the Athanasian Creed. It's in, like, the front of the hymnal that we have. You, you can Google it, though. Um, my pastor, when I was... I was probably middle school, high school. My pastor challenged our congregation that if they could memorize the entire Athanasian Creed, he'd give them like fifty dollars. Like whoever could just march in his office and do it, he would just he would give them fifty dollars. And I, I, I kind of practiced it for a few days, and I, I wasn't getting anywhere. I, it's one of those where I think your money is probably safe, but yeah. also there are some people who yeah. you put a challenge like that in front of them, and they yeah. will. They will skip sleeping until they, you know, they will. Yeah. They will do it. Yeah, I wonder. Maybe we should. Just to be clear, we're not offering that yeah. currently, but maybe, maybe we, maybe we can think of some type of Athanasian Creed challenge or something. But, uh, <laughs> uh, from those who brought you the Read Scripture challenge, <laughs> the Athanasian Creed challenge, yeah, the exciting sequel. Uh, but the Apostles' Creed is is what we're talking about today, and. Uh, you know, I guess I'll just I'll take a, a wild shot. You know, if anybody has uh, this version of the, of the Luther Small Catechism, this is one that came out about five years ago. Um, we're on page one thirty three, but if you if you have any other catechism at home, just look for the first article of the Apostles' Creed. Um, Pastor Josh, would you read um, the be? Let's let's do just the beginning. You know, so like just the. The actual creed statement, and then the the first paragraph of the what does this mean? The bolded, section. just the bold, yeah, okay. the bolded. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures; that He has given me my body and soul, eyes and ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. All right. Okay, so there, there's more in, in this uh, explanation, this meaning of the creed, but we just want to, we're going to kind of take it 
in small little sections here, uh, at least to start with. So the first one, and, and you know, the first part of the creed, you might be thinking, wow, um, we say a lot about God the Son, you know, the, the second section, the part about Jesus, we say a decent amount about the Holy Spirit, but we sure don't say very much about God, uh, the Father. So I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Let's just take that little snippet right there. And uh, does anything stand out to you, Pastor Josh, <laughs> from these, what are these, like 10 words or something? Um, well, I think it's one of those where obviously you have to think a little bit and dig a little bit deeper, but uh, this is a hugely important statement. Um, I had a, a professor in seminary, uh, Dr. Aaron, if you had mm-hmm. him, oh, yeah. um, and I had a, a class that was uh, on uh, creation. And so, like, you know, one of our assignments was go for a walk and just reflect upon God's creation and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Um, and, uh, and in a different class that I had with him, he talked about uh, this where he had on the board a list. It was like God, angels, cows, um, grass, shoes, mm-hmm. uh, humans, demons, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he said, how would you categorize this? Mm-hmm. And me and a bunch of other like first or second year seminarians are like, okay, well, you got your spiritual on one side or, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you know we're angels, demons, God, you've yeah. got your physical. And every one of us agreed with that. And, and he got us. God is on one side. Everything else is on the other. Mm. God is the creator. Mm-hmm. Everything else is the creation. Mm-hmm. And that was very, I would say, humbling. Mm. Uh, you know, just like, uh, you know, we don't, I don't know how often we really stop and think about that, that it's God and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've actually used that same, uh, that same trick when I teach uh, confirmation or doing new member class. And this year, there was actually one student who got it. Oh, who really? put God and everything else. Okay. I gave him a handful of candy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was a little bit disappointed that I can no longer say I get every class with it. Because oh, it, yeah. it's intended to be a trick, but mm-hmm. also very proud that, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that sounds a little, I, I don't know the ethics of that, you know, teaching <laughs> method, but <laughs> yeah, no, but it, but it is, I mean, obviously it, it stuck in your mind, you know, several years later, mm-hmm. um, to have that, that teaching tool. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. I mean, you know, when you read, you read the first chapter of Genesis and it's, it is very striking. It's, I mean, we kind of just, you know, we read through it really quickly, but if you linger there at the beginning, it's wow, there's God. Who has always existed, and then he just starts talking and stuff starts, you know, he starts creating things. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and I think, and, and we'll get into that too. The because um, the Catechism talks about this. There's the more kind of like the earthy <laughs> stuff that he created that we can see and touch and smell and you know all that kind of stuff. But uh, but then there are yeah the, the spirit you know, the more spiritual you know like the angels and you know the, every everything in heaven. Um, he created all of that also, and I, I think we have a sense of that, but it's just, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind sometimes Yeah. for us, um, or we just, yeah, group things differently. Um, 
Yeah, I think <laughs> I think there, you know, um, if you just read the line about from the creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth. Um, you know, you get the you get the picture that okay, God created everything. That was like his primary role. But then the the explanation digs more deeply, and it's like okay, so God has an ongoing role mm-hmm. in his creation, and we'll talk more about that as we get into more of the of the explanation. But I think the the first part, yeah, it should be striking to us that okay, right away we have this relationship with God where we only exist because He like brought us forth. Mm-hmm. So He is, you know, He's not. Um, it's tough sometimes I think to, to use the terminology like Father when speaking about God because we we know what it means to like have an earthly father or you know to. Uh, to be created in that way, you know, like we, you know, our our parents create us. We are, you know, they give birth to us, and then you know they raise us. But, um, but in a in a deeper sense, you know, it's God who has brought us forth to to exist, and um, as he as he has with every living creature. Uh, but we have like this this right away this uh, very special relationship, and that that's. God's identity as creator and father of, of all living things. Yeah. Um, I think it's powerful. Yeah. And not just humans, you know, it's mm-hmm. he's made me in, in all creatures. And I, I it just struck me this just looking at it this time, but it's just interesting <coughs> excuse me, how the words father and almighty are next to each other. Mm-hmm. Like that I think that too says a lot about the relation, the next sentence, maker of heaven and earth, it places God, you know, it mm-hmm. tells us a lot about God, but the fact that he is almighty, but is also our father, like that mm-hmm. should just, that should humble us so much, but also lift us up so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact that he is the creator of everything, but he is also our father, like that. Yeah. You know, in one of the Psalms, you know, David goes through, you know, you you created everything like the the, the planets are in your fingertips, mm-hmm. and then he goes through and he shows like one of those things where like you see the size of the Earth compared to the Sun, and mm-hmm. the Earth is so small. Yeah, humans are so small compared to the Earth, but yet God cares most about humans, mm-hmm. and it's just like it, it is this yeah. it's humbling, but yet encouraging and, mm-hmm. and loving relationship that is mm-hmm. given. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me let me throw, <clears throat> maybe this is a curveball, maybe not, maybe maybe this was a conversation in your seminary days, but sometimes people will argue about where the comma should be. Oh. So, I believe in God, comma, the Father Almighty, comma, maker of heaven and earth. And there are some people that, that will say, well, it, it really should be, I believe in God, the Father, comma, Almighty Maker of Heaven hmm. and Earth. That is a curveball. This, this is this is uh, <laughs> unlikely to tangibly change anything with our faith or mm-hmm. with our beliefs. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I remember I I forget it was some professor at the seminary like really made the case for this that that it should be <coughs> Almighty Maker of Heaven hmm. and Earth. Instead of the Father Almighty, which is uh, 
Which I, I don't think it, I, again, I don't think it really matters. This is just something that you guys are probably thinking, oh, those strange academic theologian types, you know. And you wouldn't be wrong about that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I feel like in every field, though, there's there's arguments about minutiae like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just thought that was, that was funny because I... Yeah, I mean the, that that title, like Father Almighty. It's not. It's not a typical. Like, other than the creed, it's not mm-hmm. like that's used in the scriptures. Right. Um, but I think it that I think you were kind of tapping into this. Like he's our. He's like the Father Almighty to us. And there's like different sides of who he mm-hmm. is. I mean, he's he's the same God, but like yeah, he can be this tender Father while also being this like the Almighty mm-hmm. God of the universe. Taken on all challengers, you know, mm-hmm. winning the victory. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess if I had to pick which uh, father or maker, which um, which word, you know, Almighty would um, modify, you know, more realistically. I guess I would say, well, I would probably say, like, you know, the the maker of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of see him, like, flexing his muscles more in that <laughs> regard. Yeah. But I feel like it so doesn't really matter again. Yeah. It's just one of those interesting, like, yeah, no, it makes you know, you think. can burn through 30 minutes of a seminary class talking about this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or good five questions minutes of a Bible study. Yeah. <laughs> um, but either way, I mean, we see, we see God in the, <clears throat> the very tender, fatherly, shepherd role, and then we see him as this warrior defeating Satan, and mm-hmm. uh, but then, then you know, he's just worried. But then also he like he wins the battle by letting his enemies kill him, yeah. and you know he's yeah. So there's a lot of different angles mm-hmm. for us. Um, that it just the way God reveals Himself. There's not just like one one way alone that you can hear about God and comprehend all who He is. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, someday I mean we can't even comprehend. You know, in this in this life, all who He is anyway. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so the digging a little bit more into the, the what does this mean? So let's read it again. I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that He has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. Um. So I mean, right away, there's this basic assumption that God has made everything, which sets Christianity apart from like all other belief systems. I mean, there's other religions that believe that some God, you know, brought forth everything that we see. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a particular, this is, you know, the one true God, you know, we have a relationship with. Um, so it's so right there. But then he's, so it's like he's created everything and then now our confession of faith is zooming in and, you know, it's like he is actually concerned about, like, my like he's concerned about Jeff Smith's eyeballs. I'm like, whoa, you know, there's a lot of eyeballs that he has to. Yeah, and, I, and I do, if I have anything, any bone to pick with God, it is how he made my eyes because my vision is terrible. But that's, that's, that's not shaking my faith. But that's, that's that's one thing maybe I would I would like write a you know a complaint email about or something. Um, but the still takes care of them. So. There is this belief out there, right? That you, I think you, you already know where I'm going, that God uh, creates everything, but then kind of just retires. 
sits back, puts his feet up, and just yeah. watches. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, and there's a. Uh, it's it's like I mean it's we we would say it's not really a Christian belief, but it's kind of like a subset grounded in Christian uh, Christianity, I guess, um, called deism, uh, D E I S M, and it's yeah it's this belief that God basically kind of started everything up, like he kind of created everything, but then like you said, now he's just kind of just like watching it all play out, and like well I'm not going to take any action in it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we would say like that's not really a, a Christian belief because you already see with the creed, this is a God who got his hands dirty in creation and he's still getting his hands dirty every day. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of keeping everything going. Yeah, it kind of is very early on that that notion is dismissed because, you know, in Genesis 3 sin enters the world mm-hmm. and God is there to you could say start to clean up the mess you know at that point creation is all done mm-hmm. and God says that he's going to do something about it he, you know the he will crush your head and mm-hmm. strike his heel you know it's a, a reference a, a promise to what Jesus is ultimately going to do but even putting the uh, well he kills an animal to clothe the Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. and he puts the angel in the garden so that yeah. they're not getting in. So really, it's a, it's not a grounded. It, it's more of a, a feeling based approach because yes. mm-hmm. if you look in this world, it you could make the argument, well, how could God still be involved? This world is so broken, mm-hmm. it's so messy. There's so much evil, mm-hmm. and you're right. You'd be right in saying that, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that God is not involved. So it's yeah. really, uh, it's not taking scripture at face value. It's, uh, it's saying there's, it's believing in circumstances more than God's word. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, that's exactly right. It's looking at the world and trying to make sense of it <coughs> because I, I think. You could say, I mean, it would be fair to say, if you're just look, if you're just looking, if you, if you heard God created the world, then you're just observing it for a while. Be like, well, this place isn't so great. There's a lot of bad stuff going on, so God must have stopped at some point. He must have stopped his involvement at some point. Uh, but like you said, I mean, you know, there's sin entrance the world right away, but then God announces that He, like, you know, I, I'm working on it, guys. Yeah. Like I, I, <laughs> I have a plan here. Um, and that, that, I mean, that's the whole story of Scripture, right? I mean, you know, it's like any, any narrative, any movie, story, TV show, there's some type of conflict introduced early on, and then, then we're off, you know, mm-hmm. there's trying to resolve that. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say that the Bible is just like some, another story, but it plays out in a similar mm-hmm. way where there's a conflict very early on, and God, throughout the entire biblical narrative, is working, you know, he makes the promise, and then we see him keeping his promise, mm-hmm. uh, and we're still we're still in that, you know. We're we're still longing for the ultimate resolution <laughs> to the plot yeah. of sin and death that is plaguing uh, God's creation, um, and He He's going to reveal that to us mm-hmm. eventually, uh, the, the grand conclusion. But yeah, but, but we, if you read even a few pages of the scriptures, you would dismiss that. That deism, you know, that that notion that God has just backed off from His creation. 
Yeah, and with that too, like you, you can't, by definition, you can't be a deist and a Christian mm-hmm. because yeah. God did something by sending Christ. So, mm-hmm. you know, just to further separate those two, deism yeah. is not, it, it, it has a similar starting point, but then they go two opposite directions. Mm-hmm. So, just yes. to, yeah. Yeah, drive those further exactly. apart. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't say, but you can't say that God cared so much about His creation that He came down into it and died for it, and then also say, well, He's not doing anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no way. Um, yeah. The, you know, the the catechism. Then it goes through yeah all, all types of questions here, and it really does dig more deeply into things. You know, it's like, what does it mean to confess that God made me and all creatures? You know, what does it mean that God has given me both a body and a soul? Um, you know, these are just kind of digging more deeply. And, you know, you see, I, I'm seeing a lot of pastor uh, verses from Genesis being cited here in this section. That's right. That's where God does create everything. We get some background for uh, why things are the way that they are. We also I also see a lot of things from the Psalms in here too. Mm-hmm. John, you ref, you referenced the Psalms earlier, but that's you know David and other people crying out in prayer or praise, speaking about the relationship that they do have with God and acknowledging who He is in the grand scheme of things, but then also who He is like personally in in your life too. Um, I think that's. That's one thing I, I guess that, that I, I keep like ping ponging back and forth in my as I reflect upon my relationship with the first person of the Trinity, God the Father, it's sometimes just standing back in awe of his majesty, mm-hmm. but then also standing in awe that I get to pray to him. You know, just like the you know, lay out whatever is in the darkest recesses of my heart <laughs> or or the you know the the most the, the deepest longings that i have or the most trivial of things that i might be concerned about mm-hmm. and he actually listens to to all of those things um, and so i think there is some overlap here even like with teaching on prayer mm-hmm. i think that that relationship where he is our dear father you know he Tender, he tenderly mm-hmm. invites us to pray to him, and um, but yeah, I, I don't know any, anything more on this section, I guess, Pastor John. Um, no, I was just going to say that as you know, as you look at um, several parts, ma- mainly the the creed, the Lord's prayer, and the Ten Commandments, you see a lot of uh, overlap, like mm-hmm. um, you know, in the commandments and in the um, Lord's prayer, there's talk about. God's name, for example, you know, mm-hmm. giving God's name holy. Yeah. Um, here is one too, where you know, when you know Luther's explanation of uh, the intro to the Lord's Prayer, you know, you just referenced it. You know, God tenderly invites us mm-hmm. uh, and talks about how we are His dear children, asking as dear children ask their dear Father. You know, and so mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of connection here um, with that, and so yeah, just building on top of itself mm-hmm. um, yeah <coughs> all right the you know the, the last thing that I wanted to get to today and we can for us we can go to 
Uh, we'll move to page 141, I guess. So there, there's, a, there's a question here. It says, what other living creatures did God create? So I think other than human beings. And it says, God made all physical creatures, or all, all other physical creatures from the earth, including plants, birds, animals, fish, and so on. And it cites a few verses from Genesis, you know, chapters 1 and 2, God creating all living creatures. But then it says, also, God also made non-physical creatures called angels. Um, some people, I think, maybe it might be surprising that, I feel, I feel like the Bible doesn't talk about angels as much as you think it does. Right. Um, at least, at least in the sense of like, here are here are explanations about what you just you mostly just kind of see them in action. Yeah. And then we derive more conclusions about what they may or may not be doing all the time mm -hmm. uh, from those stories. Uh, but anyway, so so God made phys not physical creatures called angels. Um, and then it says, you know, then the next question is, well, for what purpose did God create non-human creatures on Earth? Um, so this, this would be, you know, not just angels, but, but other, others, you know. He created them for beauty, joy, and delight. Created them to offer him thanks and praise. Uh, he created them to sustain life. I, I do think about this sometimes when I see, you know, if I'm like walking through one of the metro parks and I see two squirrels chasing each other or just others, I'm just like, huh. There's like, there's so, there's so many other creatures just living, yeah. I, I, don't, I was wondering where you were going. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, God God made the squirrels to play tag for my enjoyment. No. Um, but there's, there's so many other um, species of living creatures that are just, like, existing alongside of us that we don't mm -hmm. hardly pay any attention to. But God, God like, I'm just, it's just thinking, thinking, like, how many things has God done to provide for them, like, in their habitats that I... I don't even have a clue about. And, then, and this is like, you know, Job chapter. Yeah, yeah, you know, Job is like, you know, God's like, listen, I have all these things, you know. Like, do you know what I'm doing all day long? Like, keeping the deer and, you know, all, the, all these animals yeah. you know, alive. Um, and so, and I do, and I think that, you know, you, you see this, I think right now even, over the last few decades, there's maybe been a swing back Kind of like back to like Genesis one and two, where humans are supposed to be stewards of God's creation, um, and we've done a really lousy job of that throughout a lot of history. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, we still we still are too. You know, just kind of like it's like, well, that'll be the next generation's problem. You know, if we kind of just take everything that we need uh, from the earth. But I, I do feel like there's there's a little bit more of a, a swing back the other way to kind of like care for God's creation and even you know. Put in, put more agencies in place like care for animals that are endangered species and things like this. Um, <coughs> like a tangent that I didn't even plan to go on because I want to talk about angels, but the, <laughs> but, but the catechism made me think about those squirrels chasing each yeah. other, and, uh, and here we are. But but I think you know we are. Um, that is a role of human beings as the pinnacle of God's creation. You know we do have this duty, I guess, to care for not only. The weaker ones of of our you know our own human race, but other creatures that God has made mm -hmm. too. Um, but the angels, though, what purpose did God create the angels? And you know, I, I think when you guys think of angels, 
you might be thinking, you know, because I think it's a pretty, I don't think it like it's talked about as much anymore, but maybe a couple of decades ago, the talk about like guardian angels and, and everyone having their own personal guardian angel and kind of the, the role of, of angels in everyday life was more popular. I don't know if it was all based on the TV show Touched by an Angel. I don't know. I don't know if you ever saw that. There's a, there's enough yes. of an age gap between us that sometimes we we don't always have the same pop culture references. My family watched but, it. Okay, it yeah. Up, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, there there was a there was kind of an explosion of just like theology of angels, um, not just in the Christian church, but just like for people that don't go to church at all. You know, like mm-hmm. oh well, I I might not believe in. God and his son Jesus, but I can kind of get on board with a guardian angel. Who no, might personal guardian. Walk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, well, I can't afford an actual bodyguard, you know, but, <laughs> but I, can, I can have a, a guardian angel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there are some stories, like I, I have a friend who, who tells a story that he, like his life was saved. Like an, he thinks like his angel like picked him up out of the road and like protected him from a car that was coming. It was in a newspaper, like tell, talking about like how he thought an angel. Pe- anyway, um, so there's like there are some things that you just can't explain. Um, but then the catechism talks about here. So what purpose did God create the angels? Well, God created the angels to be His messengers and servants. And then it gives um, it gives the examples of the two birth announcements. You know, talking to Zechariah and then uh, to Mary. You know, that's that was like Gabriel's thing, I guess, was mm-hmm. announcing birth. But then uh, the second one, God created angels to protect the people of God. Um, and then the last one, God created angels to worship and praise him continually and lead us to do the same. Um, and we do see that, like, there are times, you know, where angels are, I mean, again, to the shepherds, you know, to the shepherds who are praising God, you know, in Revelation there's images of angels there. Um, but, but what else... I mean, I guess, like, what else, yeah, does, can the scriptures teach us about angels? What, and, and is there anything that people commonly talk about with respect to angels that just are not biblical? Well, I think the, the biggest one probably is that angels are people who have died and gone to heaven. Oh, you read my mind. Yeah. That's where, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, uh, I, I feel like that's still a, a pervasive thought that you know mm-hmm. um, I, maybe this is a little bit different but people say you know so and so is looking down from above and is looking after me and you know mm-hmm. I, in one sense you know if that's how that person is dealing with the loss of a loved one like that's it's okay it's not like mm-hmm. us pastors are like oh man your salvation is in jeopardy don't say that mm-hmm. um, but on the other hand it's also not True, mm-hmm. you know, God created creatures known as angels, mm-hmm. and He created creatures known as humans. Yeah, they're yeah, they're exactly. different. Yeah, and so, um, you know, now in the sense of when uh, when uh, ju- when the judgment day and day of resurrection happens, mm-hmm. uh, you could say that there will be some similarities in the sense of you know we'll be praising God mm-hmm. with like with the angels but yeah. again they're they're, they're different yeah. and they really should be kept if, uh, kept separate mm-hmm. yeah I, I think the the one way that I've explained it sometimes is uh, God created all the angels that he needed 
at the time of creation. It's not like he is relying on humans dying to like replenish his angel inventory or something. Open you know? a little short. Let me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, because yeah, I mean, these angels aren't. Well, I, I guess you. Well, we're not going to get into this really, but I guess he did lose some angels. You know, when Satan rebelled and took. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what that's what demons are, right? Demons are fallen angels. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, that 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 would be a whole other topic for yeah. another time. I think know. it'd be it would behoove us to have Pastor Bugler, probably. I feel like he would love. I feel like he he's got a lot of a lot of takes on. Yeah, Satan and Lucifer, and you know, yeah. yeah. Actually, I was as a complete tangent. I was reading this thread <laughs> on a on a Lutheran Facebook group all about that. Like, where do we get this teaching that Satan rebelled against God and there was a war in heaven and all this stuff? And and there's, I mean, there's like eight to twelve verses in the whole Bible in like three or four different books where we get this. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, we've also added some stuff over yeah. time to connecting dots and things. Uh -huh. Anyway, um, that would be that might be a fun, might be a fun one. We'll do, like do that on Halloween or something. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Reformation, sorry yeah. guys. Um, but yeah, you know, the Bible is pretty clear. Also, that that angels. I, I'm what I'm about to say is not is not meant to like knock angels, but they're they're meant to be created to be lower than humans. Like, and that sounds so weird. Um, but they are meant to, like, do God's bidding, like, for the sake of his physical creatures. Mm -hmm. um, now, it doesn't mean, you know, I mean, like, it's not like someday when we're, you know, in eternal life, we're not going to be, you know, Treating angels like our servants, like ringing a bell, and the angels yeah. are going to come bring us stuff. Well, I don't, well may, maybe they will. I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> I feel I feel bad about it. Um, but they are, you know, like to to bring God's messages and to and to protect us. That they, they are. It's like God creates them for our sake, and um, and they do. I mean, the Bible. There are a couple places where they talk about, like you know, we will we will be higher than the angels at some point. Um, mm -hmm. I guess you could say right now we're not. But yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. You know, it even says, uh, there's some qu common questions about angels. Do we become angels when we die? No. We'll be raised from the dead as glorified human creatures. Again, yeah, we're just different. We're different creatures. Totally different category. Um, and then uh, B, are we, are we to look to angels for direction in our lives or pray to them? Uh, it says, no, we pray only to God. You know, we don't need that intermediary between um, God and us. You know, we, uh, we can pray right to him. And then, do I have a personal guardian angel? It says, Scripture does not directly answer this question, but it does speak of angels protecting God's people. And it has this verse. This is the verse I was thinking of from Matthew 18, verse 10. Um, Jesus is talking. He's talking about little children. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. I don't know quite what to do with that. But it does seem like, in some way, at least for children, I don't know why you would like age out of having an angel. Um, but it seems like there's like angel, at least one angel like assigned, so to speak, to two people. So I don't know, guys. Again, this is 
I don't know if this verse right here is the origin of the of the guardian angel thing, um, but I there's a, I, do, I will say there's a lot more going on in the unseen realm. I guess you know there's we talk about spiritual warfare. I believe that you know angels are protecting us against enemies. Screw tape letters. Deals with that kind yeah, of screw tape, yeah, yeah. C.S. Lewis. Yeah. That's um, yeah. But I feel like, you know, for God to create these angels, I think there there are a lot, there's a lot more that the angels are doing, um, you know, by the command of God than we are aware of. And someday I think we'll have more more knowledge about that, like mm-hmm. what, what angels were doing each and every day. Um, yeah. But I, I do, I mean, I, you know, like even like the other day, um, Hunter was scared at night. He didn't want to go to sleep. He was like, "Can you check? Can you check under my bed? I think there's there's a monster down there." Mm-hmm. And I, I'll always say to him stuff like, "Like you know, buddy, Jesus doesn't let monsters in our house." Mm-hmm. I you know I don't know. like I don't want to get into a big thing like you know. Let me tell you seven reasons why monsters don't exist, or something. Because <laughs> there are, I mean, I mean, like you know, whatever monsters are, you know, um, I mean, there are bad spiritual creatures mm-hmm. out there. I don't want to talk, 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 start telling about demons before he goes to sleep, but yeah. um, but then I, I was telling him, like, you know, yeah, you can pray to Jesus and you know for him to send his angels to protect us and everything, and um. So in in one sense, we probably don't talk about angels enough. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough because we, there's not a lot we can say because there's like it's kind of squishy thing. about like what we know about them mm-hmm. and what we don't know about them. But I feel like just even the I mean I I have prayed I prayed a lot just you know send your angels to protect us in various scenarios you know and again yeah I don't think you have to know all the ins and outs of the theology of angels to call upon God to mm-hmm. send His angels to protect you. Um, I don't know. I wish we knew more about angels. It's a fascinating. Yes. It's just yeah. These these are the kind of things you know, like you know, add them add them to the list of questions to ask God someday, right? Ever growing list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, well, well, I think we'll stop there for today. There's still some some meat on the bone here in the first article of the creed. But any any parting thoughts, Pastor Josh, before we wrap up? Uh, no. Nope. No, okay, we we said it all. Yeah, still, um, still thinking about that Matthew passage. You're still thinking about it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's like, are we allowed to name our guardian angel? No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> anyway, I do. I do. You know, I mean, if you if you like really put me put me on the stand and ask me, I, I would say I feel like we do. I feel like we do have a guardian angel, or it could even be more than one. Yeah. Maybe some of us need more than one. You know, <laughs> like when Hunter goes to the playground, he's pretty dangerous. He needs like seven. Yeah. You know, every different <laughs> angle. Uh, anyway, okay, I'm getting too silly now. Uh, but thanks for joining us here. I, I hope um, I hope this has been edifying, and I, I, I think it'll be fun to go through the, the finer points of the creed over mm-hmm. the next few weeks. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see you um, in worship this weekend, but otherwise, God's blessings on the rest of your week.